This is the rundown where every week the Fab Four assemble. We're without Ryan today, but we're joined by special guest Dr. Anthony Stein from Restoring uh, Return to Tradition. We've got four buckets of stories to talk about today. We've got the Build Back Better segment, the Ecclesiastical USCCB Watch, Vatican Watch, and uh, U.S. politics off the rails. Let's get started, guys. How are you? I'm doing great. I don't know about that. The rest of you guys, I'm honored to be here on, by the way, with the most infamous cleric from Twitter, by the way, uh, Brother Martin Navarro, <laughs> the destroyer of Twitter and defender of all things trad. If you're not following him on Twitter, you better be, because seriously, every day <laughs> he says something that's right out of like the Council of Trent and the storm that follows. It's really bad. Brother Brother Martin will post something that's positive on Twitter. He'll say he'll encourage people to pray or something like that, and nobody goes after him. But the moment he sp- posts something spicy, like "Hey, here's what the actual canon law says," you got priests coming out of the woodwork. It's amazing. I just I'm just glad to hear what uh, Hillel Belloc sounds finally and. Always yeah. wonder what kind of shapes he has. You know, those yeah. I, I always but suspected that everything. Hilaire would have a British accent, no? Yeah, yeah you, you would too. think. I thought that too. I guess we were all just, you know, fake news right there again. <laughs> all right, well, let's get he, started. He First, up, for the up, build. He picked up the American accent walking across the United States, by the way. For the Build Back Better segment. Yeah, we, we have a couple <laughs> we have a couple really interesting things to talk about in the Build Back Better segment. Steve just posted this on Facebook. I'm gonna pull up the picture here. Uh, good news, everybody. Moist masks are good for you. This is this is new propaganda. Moist masks are good for you, so make sure you wear your moist mask, Steve. Thoughts on that? Well, when you uh, keep a lie going, then you create more lies to compound another lies. Uh, what was that? This was doctor that uh, Ryan Christian had on the other day. She said, when you sit on a bunch of bayonets, you won't be able to sit on it too long. So they just come up with more and more nonsense. But the zombies keep buying into it. You don't hear anybody saying, hey, uh, that contradicts everything that has been said from yesterday to, I don't know, since masks were invented. <laughs> you got mask mouth. You got all this stuff going on and people's teeth rotting out. Bad breath. Was it mask breath or mask mouth that dentists are coming up with? They had to come out with something. Oh, wow. Now look at it. Now you can have, you can breathe in your own CO2 without a problem. Wait, time out. That's contrary to science. So now they have to find a way to grip off this too. So you know how they had those moist to- towelette wipes with those dispensers or whatever that you pull out one and then you close the top. It's gonna have, so, so, someone's so, gonna make masks things so like that. So a moist, a moist disinfectant one, right? It's oh, like it's 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 like a baby wipe or a you know, one of those kind of like personal wipe, like moist wipes, but it's one you can wear on your face and kills everything that goes in and out of it. What what we what exactly is the problem? I I wonder out loud. What's the problem with breathing in human waste all day? Is there is there some downside to that? <laughs> and that's one of the things that he says with this. Uh, what's going on with the? I can't remember the exact terminology. Uh, but the uh, the symptoms from this are exactly the same thing that they're using for the Rona. So people are getting these these same symptoms. It's not the Rona. It's wearing these muzzles on their face, breathing in and getting this bacteria in their mouths and in their system that's keeping this thing going. And then no one's even... Uh, I know if somebody that's a nurse, her to- one of her teeth fell out. She's wearing, been wearing two masks for what, a month and a half now, two months now. But no, it couldn't be that. 
it's just not it's it's not gum disease or anything like that coming from being the foot all day long for 12 hours a day can't be that let's not use reason I do something <laughs> well else. here's a quick clip it's a good thing that the president biden agrees with you and uh, doesn't wear a mask go ahead why weren't president biden and all members of the biden family masked at all times on federal lands last night if he signed an executive order that mandates masks on federal lands at all times at the inaugural at the memorial, yes. I, I think Steve, he was celebrating uh, an evening uh, of a historic day in our country, and certainly he signed the mask mandate because it's a way to send a message to the American public about the importance of uh, wearing masks, how it can save tens of thousands of lives. We take a number of COVID precautions, as you know here, in terms of testing, social distancing, mask wearing ourselves, as, as we do every single day. But I don't know that I have more for you on it than that. But as uh, Joe Biden often talks about, uh, it is not just important the uh, example of power, but the power of our example. Was that a good example for people who are watching who might not pay attention? Uh, normally. Well, Steve, I think uh, the power of his example is also uh, the message he sends by signing 25 executive orders, including um, almost half of them related to COVID. Uh, The requirements that we're all under every single day here to ensure we're sending that message to the public. Yesterday was a historic moment in our history. He was inaugurated as president of the United States. He was surrounded by his family. We take a number of precautions. But Ladies and gentlemen, oh if God. you're celebrating something, you don't have to wear a mask. Like if it's a big special occasion, like you're the president of the United States and you want everyone around you to wear a mask, but you don't have to wear one, then that's totally fine. Um, right, Steve? Steve? Steve, where are you, Steve? Steve? I, I don't know. I, I, am I on? <laughs> he's, a, he, he, he's He's trying to get ahead of the new mandate that Emperor yeah. Fauci is going to impose on the rest of us here probably yeah. right around Easter. Yeah, Got to keep the Bell eyes covered, too, because eyes are a vector for this thing. Eyes are vectors Mr. now, Bell. too. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to have – man, this thing's all right. <laughs> if you're going to have this on, you might as well go all out, right? <laughs> but, uh, Steve, one of, my, one of my listeners wanted you to hear this story because this just happened to them. So they're in Texas, right? And you know about the big weather event down there that shut everything down. And their their local YMCA said, hey, you know, go ahead and use our showers. And the listener was like, well, I can't wear one of these things for medical reasons. And I can't put on a face shield for medical reasons. They're like, well, let me talk to my manager. So they come, they call to talk to their manager and they say, can you wear, can you hold your breath until you're in the shower? <laughs> she really wanted to. So now picture in your mind, you know. We're men here, so a bunch of you're in, you're in the locker room of your gym, and it's a bunch of dudes in towels and face masks, and they all go into the shower stall like that. Now picture that in your mind, the utter <laughs> lunacy of that, right? That's what this that's what they were dealing with at their gym. They were expected to hold their breath from the time they walked in the door, all the way to use the showers in the locker room. Now, if anybody spends any time in the gym, if you're quick, that's about three minutes. Yeah. Okay. Right. So speaking speaking of uh, speaking of young men who uh, would love to visualize people in the shower, uh, here's Father Casey on how he doesn't believe everything the church teaches. Everything the church teaches. Yikes! That is a tricky one. Like I said before, I'm a human being. <laughs> Yikes! Yikes, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my goodness! Do I really believe everything? Uh, sorry, I just that, my my mind went there. 
Hey, uh, we're still on, in the Build Back the Better things. segment. We got a lot of things to get through, not only just the masks, but did you know that Bill Gates wants to grow meat? He wants you to grow meat because that's better for the environment. Well, he also owns a, something like a quarter million farm, farmland acres now in the United States, or is it 250 million farmland acres? I don't remember. It's a gigantic number, though. It just goes back into the, you know everything going on with the reset. You, you know, you stop eating meat. You plebes, not us. Not the uh, overloads at the Capitol. You and the hungry. I can't even believe that this is. Honestly, does anybody believe that any of this is related to this this supposed virus? No. No. (laughs) Just you never never let an event go to waste. Never let a crisis go to waste. waste. That's right. This is that's right. This is your best opportunity to practice some real subsidiarity and solidarity, real Catholic social teaching values, by getting to know your local farmer. Find out where the the local producers of your meat are. You know, maybe for now, once a month, buy a steak or something from them, but develop that relationship now because here in a few years, it might be your only source of protein that's not laden with estrogen, like soy or bugs. Unless if you want to live in the pod and eat the bugs. You you will live in the pod, you will eat the bugs, and you will like it. You You brought up Texas. Look what's going on down there. There was a 40% of the oil is down. What's one of the main things coming out of Davos? They want zero by 2050. They want to get even lower. You know, they want 7% CO2 output down every year until 2030. Well, this is right up their alley. At this 40% decrease in oil, you go with the, the, the pipeline that the Biden closed down the day one, got rid of all those jobs. You got this. I mean, wait a second. You're telling me that they didn't do the pipes and all this to keep, the, to keep this going, but they spent all that money on for propaganda, mass mandates, and closures, and things like mm-hmm. this? It's, Something fishy going on here. Yeah, especially when you got other buildings lit up and the neighborhoods are down. The the rundown is, is constantly accused of being conspiracy theorists and and uh, alt right nuts and uh, you know well, indulging in, Mark, in things. We we were the first Mark to tell you that the, today. If, if you hear something called microgrids come out soon, then we said it first on this as part mm-hmm. of Agenda Twenty Thirty, and they'll limit the output of energy you get. Call us conspiracy theory now. Everything we've said has been right. Yeah, no, that's true. When when we first told you that there were going to be second lockdowns, when we said that Biden was going to prevail no matter what, when we told you um, that the cashless economy is coming, and there's a story uh, that we're going to cover on that, when we told you COVID passports will be a thing, people laughed at us, Steve. Still are. And they still are. <laughs> well, they can they, they can keep laughing when, uh, when we're all cold and, and penniless and hungry. Look at came out with, uh, the printing stakes. Print that was the word. Printing stakes. Three D three D printers. But yeah. also the immorality of the vaccines before Schneider and everybody else came out with their statements. We were we were the first to say it here too. It, it just should be common sense that you don't engage in that kind of cannibalism and no. participate in that kind of process right. for especially for something like this. If we were talking about Stephen King, the stand level thing, then maybe they'd have a, a point about material cooperation. But uh, come on. Uh, speaking of speaking of growing the meat, though, brother, I think <laughs> I'm going to kick it over to you. How long before the Vatican II crowds just starts eating the grown meat on Fridays, even during Lent, which we're going to cover the Texas dispensation thing, too. Let's, let's not get into that. But how long before you're just grow, eating grown meat <laughs> on Fridays? <laughs> I mean, first I'll say it's perfectly listed because it's not it doesn't, it's not flesh meat or whatever else. Um, but also, I think we kind of forgot that Pope Francis signed a document uh, committing the Vatican to net zero emissions by 2050. Um, so here we have Biden, Biden being the uh, the devout Catholic that he is. What year was that? Uh, 2050. 
2050. Hey, <laughs> bingo. <laughs> 30 years. Let's get on it. You know, mm-hmm. who knows how long Pope Francis is going to continue to be Pope for that. No, that's part of, of the, that's part of uh, the uh, reset. 2050 is their key day. Well, he's yeah. he he is friends with a number of uh, Hollywood types, so I'm sure that they will get him access to some of the special Hollywood medic- medicines that the rest of us don't have access to. Oh, the yes, the yes, the adrenal gr- uh, Anyway, so uh <laughs> that stuff. That stuff, yes. <laughs> right. Um oh, speaking of that, speaking of that horrible horrible thing, I just saw a headline and this is wasn't part of the show notes. But they're now admitting, doctors are admitting that in, uh, injecting your body with young blood can help in the aging process. Conspiracy theorists. Conspiracy. Wasn't that the Twilight Zone? That, was Eliz- that goes back to Elizabeth Bathory. <laughs> yeah, super creepy. The Countess Bathory. Um, let's get into global and U.S. politics for a second, shall we? Uh, first of all, where's my little, where's my uh, image here on the Royals? Meghan and Harry are out. No titles. They are they are done. They are just private citizens. Question for the group: Does anybody actually care? Not really. I mean, Hilaire should be, but I mean, he's technically not. You're, he's not English, so I guess he doesn't. <laughs> I mean, once it is good that they're going to be out of the spotlight if they're out of the spotlight. You know, it, exactly... it makes it hard for monarchists, though. You know, like if you are a monarchist, which um, people now know as of Monday night that I am. These these this Windsor family is really a stumbling block to the, to the argument. <laughs> this family is so despicable and disordered and and ridiculous. You're you're forgetting people forget. I think that uh, that Queen Elizabeth will probably pull some kind of hat trick to not let this thing end. She wouldn't have sat on the throne for as long as she did, or has, and will be. Because you know the memes about the you know the apocalypse and all this left are cockroaches and and Queen Elizabeth. I I think there's truth to mm-hmm. that. Like this is an unnaturally long, uh, I don't know, monarchy at this point. But she'll keep some. She she'll figure out something to keep it going. The idea that Charles will be the last it, it is going to turn it down is so ludicrous. Yeah, yeah, so I no. can't imagine Char- that she'll let that happen. Charles won't turn it down. Um, in U.S. Pol- no, in U.S. Because- politics, uh, we had a huge story, huge breaking news out of the state of Texas. The U.S. senator from Texas, the junior senator, Ted Cruz, went on a vacation. How very dare he. And, uh, wow, this is, this is sparking news because people in Texas were cold. They weren't Midwest cold. They weren't Northeast cold. They weren't uh, New England cold. But they were Texas cold. And, um, well, Cruz wasn't there to console them. I mean, doesn't brother? Doesn't this, this just underscore the fact that we don't even expect our politicians to do anything? We just want them to be crisis actors. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. I mean, if we're here suffering, you have to suffer too. I guess um, you're not allowed to have vacations when you're, when Congress isn't in session or whatever else with your family to to get away because you're busy. Um, but also, coronavirus. You're not supposed to be traveling out of the country, right? So, I don't know. It, it is. It, there's always a problem. There's always something people have to complain about and. Uh, especially the Democratic Party always has to accuse uh, a Republican for for being inconsiderate. Oh my goodness, you have to be always considerate of your constituents. I mean, uh, and, but I mean, see, vacation, I mean, see, you make this point. You, we we have to understand who does what in our political structure, right? I mean, Cruz can't do anything to change the weather, and he certainly can't do anything for the state. Of Te- He's a federal representative to the federal government. He's a s- senator, U.S. senator. He's not a state senator. He's not a governor. I mean, look, if Abbott had jetted, maybe that would be something, right, Steve? I mean, come on. 
Yeah, I mean, two things. I mean, one side you could look at saying, hey, this just shows another thing that both parties are the same thing. They don't care. Another part is, yeah, what do you want him to do? Snap his fingers? Wave a magic wand? I mean, come on. It's what, Why are you leaving? I would have left, too, if I had the chance. It's, it's two degrees or one degree, zero degrees. If it's if you had the means and, t- and ways to get out, I, yeah, get out. Uh, it's a bad, bad situation. Get out of town for a week or two, or I don't know. But yeah, I mean, what, what can Cruz do? I mean, he's not he's he's not he's not St. Peter Martyr up there who can change the weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I don't know. It's kind of like that whole ownership idea thing. Everyone wants to put the blame on other people. Which I mean, who knows? You could. I mean, the U.S. has been working in uh, aerosols for decades and weather changing events. I, Israel does that all the time with. Palestine changing the weather, uh, uh, stopping the rain on them. They had a report last week of those scientists that are trying to uh, cause some kind of uh, clouds to go over the sun to cool off the cool off the globe and all this. Hey, if the point the blame is, yeah, I might ask him, hey, what's going on? Is this mm-hmm. normal? Because there was seventy three percent of the union was covered in snow this past week. That's um, un- that's unusual. Yeah, it's unusual. And just so just so we're very clear, here's a here's a quick clip of Ted Cruz questioning uh, Pete Buttigieg, so that we know what which uh, how valuable of an ally and asset Ted Cruz actually is to us. Mr. Buttigieg, congratulations on your nomination. Thank you. Um, the Department of Transportation has responsibility for infrastructure, has a major role concerning jobs and has responsibility for ensuring safety. I am hopeful that if you're confirmed your tenure, we will see material advances on all three. I will say it was disconcerting to see yesterday, the first day of the Biden administration, straight out of the gate, President Biden announced that he was canceling the Keystone Pipeline. That is a major infrastructure project. That is a project that right now today has 1,200 good-paying union jobs. And in 2021, the Keystone Pipeline was scheduled to have more than 11,000 jobs, including 8,000 union jobs, for contracts worth $1.6 billion. And with the stroke of a pen, President Biden has told those 11,000 workers, those union workers, your jobs are gone. Mr. Buttigieg, what do you say to those workers whose jobs have just been eliminated by presidential edict? Well, I think the most important thing is to make sure that we make good on the promise of the president's climate vision as being one that on net creates far more jobs, millions, we hope. Uh, I know that won't just happen. We'll have to do a lot of work to make sure that's real. Uh, But getting this right means ensuring that there are more good-paying union jobs for all Americans delivered through that infrastructure vision. So for those workers, the answer is somebody else will get a job? The answer is that we are very eager to see those workers continue to be employed in good-paying union jobs, even if they might be different ones. Well, I I fear that decision is the front end of a whole series of regulatory decisions, one after the other after the other, that will be eliminating union jobs, that will be eliminating manufacturing jobs, that will be eliminating energy jobs. And that is altogether out of step with what the American people want. 
All right, I think we're back. So, uh, Steve, uh, picking up on what Senator Cruz was talking about with uh, Buttigieg, doesn't this tie into exactly what you were saying in 2050, the agenda, the war on fracking, the war on petroleum, the war on fossil fuels? Uh, just end the pipeline. Those people can learn to code. They can live in a pod and eat bugs. Yeah, yeah remember, like, the, was it the last uh, debate when – uh, our king elect president, whatever you want to call him, elected king Biden, mentioned about getting rid of oil, uh, getting down the, getting out of the fossil fuel industry, uh, and Trump thought he had him. So, oh, that's big news. But that's exactly what BP CEO said in the. Uh, if you go on the WEF YouTube channel and look at the Great yeah. Reset opening video for that's an hour and twenty something, 20, hour and a half long. The BP says the exact thing that Joey B said during the debates. You're like, oh, they're all in it. So I would not be shocked if this one gets used or two, there's something else going on to this. Because it's not like this is the first time we've had a, uh, a winter storm. Come on, there's oil in, there's oil in Colorado, there's oil, oil, there's, uh, oil in the north. They get snow too. Uh, that This doesn't happen. With, and with everything that's going on the last year and a half, for anybody to say, ah, this is normal. So I don't know if you if you were aware of this. This was brought to my attention this morning that there is a uh, sort of a board of directors who oversee like the oil industry in in Texas or the no, it's the energy infrastructure in Texas. And the people who sit on that board are some mm. Germans, like literally like people based out of Germany, some Californians, and some other assorted non-Texans. And that begs a lot of questions as to why the are these people the ones who get to see how the or get to dictate how the energy infrastructure in the state of Texas is governed. How I mean, concerning that that's lunacy. That is that very no concerning. And I know Texans are very proud of the fact, and I am a Texan, of having our own power grid and having our own, you know, port and having our own this and that. We fly our flag at the same height as the US flag and uh, we're going to get into some other Texas stuff when we get into the USCCB watch segment, but um, but that's very concerning. I, I this is this one really piqued my uh, my interest though, uh, folks. Remember what happened to how do you say her name? Gislaine Gislaine Maxwell. She is apparently still alive, so far as we know. She's being moved from prison to prison at three in the morning to so that she doesn't Epstein herself. And um, now there's a there's a uh, what a sixty minutes producer claiming that Maxwell confirms that there are tapes, not only of the Clintons, but of Trump. Now, take it for what it's worth. Take it from the source from whom it comes. But, I mean, guys, this sort of goes back to what we have said from the beginning. If you're a billionaire land developer in New York City and York you're tied City. into the banksters, and, you, and uh, I, I mean, how are you an outsider? How are you not part of uh, the madness, right? Right. Well, like I said a couple of episodes ago, was you know the uh, locker up campaign, locker up, locker up, locker up. You know, you be in jail, and then after he wins, uh, uh, guess who's at the inauguration breakfast as guests of honor? <laughs> There's video. My friends over there, Secretary Clinton and Mister Old President Bill Clinton. Wait a minute, what happened to locker up? I mean, as they say, this is a Hollywood for ugly people. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the other thing happening in, in U.S. politics that I find to be really fascinating is they are they're they're sacrificing uh, Andrew Cuomo, Governor Cuomo of New York. He was basically like the the, the head voice in opposing the Trump 
COVID response. I mean, he was out there saying, we need 400,000 ventilators. And then when he got like 4,000, he didn't even use them. The guy was cramming uh, people into into uh, retirement homes and killing them and then covering it up. Um, and now the FBI is going after him. My take on this is is that uh, the Biden administration is trying to take out Cuomo before uh, preemptively because he's going to be a formidable political opponent to uh, to sort of the Biden Obama uh, crew. Uh, what do you guys think? He, he, used, he used Cuomo like. The entire the entire time he was campaigning. That's all. If you look up sound bites, you could put it together at least five minutes of him uh, praising Cuomo for everything he's done. The greatest governor out there. He's got everything. They're almost working together. I talked to him today. Blah 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 blah. Uh, nothing's going to happen to Cuomo. I would be very shocked if something happens to him. Uh, it's been kind of funny to see people call out his brother, who's a journalist on hmm. another channel. That, I would say use that in quotes, but the term journalist has been has been sullied for more than a century now oh so which so so which is more likely then because in california they were only a few thousand signatures away from having those the the required number needed to have gavin newsom put uh to recall gavin newsom Mm -hmm. so which one's more likely newsom gets it gets recalled or the republicans are successful in impeaching um andrew cuomo because they're the ones pushing for his impeachment which one's more likely in an ideal world both would happen right well, it makes you wonder if you're only a few thousand signatures shy, how many signatures ended up in the shredder. What's more likely? Mm. I think Epstein killing himself is more likely. <laughs> <laughs> and we're still live on YouTube. Um, okay. <laughs> let's get, um, first of all, let's hear from our friends at Glory and Shine for 30 seconds. Then we're moving into our USCCB segment. Two very interesting stories here. It's going to be hotly debated, and I'm going to play devil's advocate. Um, okay, USCCB Watch. The first story is that Father Casey, we already heard from him. He's uh, in the video where he says, yikes, I can't even commit to enjoying and, and assenting my will to everything that the church teaches. Um, he put out a video this past week saying, I'm not, you know, don't give anything up for Lent. Father Supposedly, James Martin S.J. Uh, repeated that same uh, line when he uh, tweeted um, that, you know, 2020 was really hard. 2021 has been really tough. It's been hard enough on all of us. Why don't Instead of giving things up for Lent, Brother Martin, why don't we just be kind? Let's just be kind. I mean, we all hear the word penance every time we, we go to confession. The priest assigns us. I mean, if you go to Nova's Order Parish, probably one Hail Mary, three Hail Marys. Um, but a penance, by definition, is that which restores our relationship with Almighty God because we've sinned. You know, and so people saying, oh, we shouldn't we shouldn't do penance. We didn't do penance. I mean, this is they're saying we shouldn't restore our relationship with God. I, I don't understand uh, where these priests are coming from. They say, oh, do something nice instead. Just add something. Um, I mean, prayer almsgiving, fasting, these are wonderful things to add to to one's life. I don't, I don't know. 
I, I really don't know where they're coming from unless they literally just want to stop us from being spiritual, wanting to stop us from understanding the sacrificial nature of our faith and of uniting our sacrifices to the Holy Cross, that the cross is the only way to heaven. If that's what they're saying, then yeah, they're heretics. No, I mean, look, uh, in Lent, in the Holy Season of Lent, we're supposed to be uh, fighting the world, the flesh, and the devil. And you do that with prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Like, there, there's a three-on-three, three, there's a one-for-one matchup here. And then you got, you know, Brother Casey out there saying, well, you don't need to give anything up for Lent. And Father Martin out there saying, no, just, and just be nice. I, I'm sorry, yeah. is kindness one of the cardinal virtues? Did I miss that <laughs> class in, in catechism? <laughs> I think people blow that one over because love is patient, love is kind, all that kind of stuff. But I mean, the word, the word, uh, love, especially in, in you know First Corinthians thirteen, is is patior in Latin, which comes from the Latin, which is where we get the word patient, which means to suffer. You know, love is suffering rather than patient. And so, I mean, without suffering, there is no love. And so, if these people want to eliminate suffering from our Lenten practices, then well, there's no love. I was going to say that sounds fairly schismatic of you, brother. Hey, bring it on, man. <laughs> we were like, Father uh, did a sermon and talked about how our Lord said, strive to enter the narrow way. And he goes, this isn't some mamby-pamby strive way. This is crawling up a gigantic mountain-type way of strive, as Brother said about love. It's like, uh, no, it's cool. It's the uh, Barney Dinosaur idea we got now. Mm-hmm. The romance. Well, Lord, Lord said penance, penance, penance. Bernadette said there, Lady said, and... Third secret of Fatima. I know we're not supposed to talk about Fatima because you're a bunch of fun, Fatima fundamentalists. Fat, Fat, I, I had never heard that phrase, Fatima fundamentalists. Uh, Dr. E. Michael Jones That's came awesome. on the RTF channel, and and I asked him point blank. I said, do you think that the consecration happened? He, oh, yeah. And, and if you don't think it happened, you're a Fatima fundamentalist. I'm like <laughs> – I'm a proud Fatima, Fatima fundamentalist. And by the way, just as a heads up, there is another high-profile public figure coming out with a book claiming that Pius XII successfully did Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Which is the shortest book he's ever written in his life, by the way. Yeah, and also, for those who don't know, that is the Diamond Brothers line. Yep. That is most Holy Family Monasteries mm-hmm. line. They've been peddling for a decade, and now a mainline, like a mainline traditionalist is pr- pr- promoting it. So just a oh, fair warning to everybody. It's going to get weird. Yep. Um, I want to, by the way, I want to address a super chat here? that's in your, uh, uh, that's that someone said a super chat. This is a pretty, uh, one that we probably should address quickly. It says it's from a well-meaning prod or a Protestant who's fading from Protestantism, looking at Catholicism. Yeah. And he wants a book, one book that's not the Bible for, for a fading Protestant looking at uh, Catholicism. That shouldn't take long. I will say anything by Frank Sheed. Yeah, life yeah, life of Christ, probably. Life of Christ, Sheen. Humility of heart. Yeah, she would be good. Uh, I, it, de- it depends on what your route is into the church, though, you know, because everybody takes a different route into the church. Like some people are more convinced yep. by the historical arguments, the apostolic arguments. Others are more convinced by some of the even some of the uh, uh, the historical and political things. You know, so just reading church history can be convincing for some people, whereas other people are more convinced by the spirituality of the church. Right. Yeah, I know people that saw Je- Joan Carroll Cruz books and just wow blown away and then they're in because of those yeah I, I, d- there, there are people who will be more there are people who will be more convinced there are some people who will be more convinced by writings of the little flower and there are people who will be more convinced by reading hilaire belloc dunking on the socialists yeah, yeah. right mm-hmm. so we you know it depends really on how like how you like what your focus as a christian is in living the christian life terror demons kind of kind of all yep <laughs> um, okay, we're gonna get to the we're gonna get to anyway, the spiciest to story of the day, and this is gonna be uh, probably the most uh, chatted segment as well. And we'll monitor the live chat for the for the couple hundred people that are watching live right now. 
Bishop Daniel Flores in South Texas issued a dispensation from the uh, from the abstinence of meat this this coming Friday because comma weather. Yeah, you heard that right. So uh, for those who uh, keep the traditional faith and we abstain from meat year round every Friday and many other days in the week, I'm sure as well. um, In New Church, you only have to abstain what like four, five, six, seven times in the entire year. And one of those has been wiped away, guys, because it's cold outside and you may only have steaks left to eat. Printed steaks. At least you could print your steaks and then so eat them. I'm going to go on the record and say I've always objected to the idea that uh, abstaining from meat and you know eating fish of some kind on a Friday can be, which by the way is really not that hard, can be replaced by a rosary, which for the typical Catholic takes 12 to 15 minutes to pray. Mm-hmm. That you can just say an extra rosary that day, like you know, go grab your rosary ring and say it in the shower, right? You know, I had, used to have to do that in college because it was literally the only place where I could get my mind to clear and not have to listen to my annoying neighbor's music, right? That that's a suitable penance replacement for, you know, the pleasures of eating, you know, whatever meat you like to eat every day. Right. I mean, come on. Now, we're, I'm going to try to be as fair and even-handed about this as possible because I do, I do understand and, and uh, acknowledge the fact that in the southern states and and in Texas, Texas is not really a southern state; it's its own it's its own thing. It's a republic. There are not salt trucks. There are not. There's not the infrastructure. You don't have plows. Okay, so when there's ice, when there's snow, it does tend to shut things down. There's always a run on the grocery stores. It happens every few years. Not like this. This is this is probably the worst in a couple decades, but it's not unprecedented. And um and look, I, as as Radtrad Groiper in the group chat points out. Who doesn't only have meat in their fridge? Okay, all right. I could get behind that as well. Um, but, Brother Martin, I want to start with you. Um, there's, does this even need to be said? Like, aren't there, isn't there, isn't there something in the canon law already that, that says if you, can't, if you can't uphold this, then it's, then it's fine, right? Well, I mean, it's St. Thomas Aquinas in, in law in general. I mean, human positive law. In principle, when a law becomes impossible to fulfill— it ceases to be binding. For those not able to abstain, they're already dispensed. And we learned this uh, back when the lockdowns were first happening, when people were sick. We were saying, listen, if you're sick, stay home. You don't, you don't need a, a special dispensation not to go to mass. Um, if you're sick, all that kind of stuff, keep people from giving it or whatever and just stay home. Um, but that's it. What the general dispensation does is it dispenses those that otherwise could have abstained. Mm. It grants us the dispensation to everybody, in which case there will be people who have the option not to eat meat and will eat meat simply because they don't have or they're dispensed. Um, and so that's that's really why, I mean, does the, the bishop have the authority to dispense this abstinence? Of course he does. Just, but just because you have the right to do it doesn't mean you're right in doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there, there is, those that don't have meat, those without power, without water, you know, without electricity, without anything but meat in the refrigerator, they're already dispensed. There's no, there's no need. But I guess that's a, a lack of understanding of law, especially in the Windsor context. We need somebody to tell us. We need, we, we, we thrive on authority. We're so dependent upon a, someone authority. We're so institutionalized that unless someone in authority tells us that we're dispensed, then we really don't believe it. We're so, we're so, I mean, we cling to that. There's, there's, there's no Christian freedom anymore. There's no, uh, we've renounced our ability to use our own reason 
um, in discerning these things. So, and if you even have a qualms of conscience, I mean, if you went to, uh, I mean, if you, if you had no power, if you had nothing but meat in the refrigerator and you ate meat on Friday because that's all you had and you thought it was a sin, you go to confession, you say, Father, bless me for I have sin. I ate meat last Friday because it was all I had. The priest himself in, in confession will tell you, well, that wasn't a sin. If that's literally, if those were literally your circumstances, that's all you had. If it was eat meat or die, you were dispensed. Right. This is, again, I'm because I'm seeing this in the chat that some people saying there are people with uh, who don't have much food and all this other stuff. Those people are, we're not the ones really talking about. We're talking about the person who might be, say, doing a live stream talking about mm. how, you know, they made it through the storm without, you know, losing their power or anything else. And, you know, they're, you know, smoking some ribs in their smoker because it's Friday and the bishop offered a dispensation. We're not talking about the person who's faucet is frozen they have no running water and their options are you know the can you know the can of mystery meat that they stored for you know whatever bad thing is happening because mm. they couldn't get to the store that's mm. what we're talking about here we're not talking about we're not talking about the typical person who or the person who is uh you know in real need we're talking about the people People who are going to take advantage of a blanket dispensation when a, di a dispensation could have been given that said, for those who are affected by this, <laughs> otherwise mm -hmm. the rest of you are expected to follow through with this, as canon law says, which is what right. Brother right. Martin's and Steve, I mean, Our Lady of La Salette, I mean, one of the two things that she was harping on was the people eating meat on Fridays. I mean, I know you're, you're taking a hard line on this issue. Yeah, well, I, I'm with them on the common sense. Yes. Common sense, guys, but also personal responsibility prior to. I mean, I got a 50-gallon water cooler out back to collect rain. I, I got fire starters. I got I'm prepped for something for events like this. Some places well, it's illegal to collect rainwater, by the way. Yeah, I know. I remember <laughs> I remember being in Denver and they uh they, they had it banned until two weeks after I got there going, they own the sky? But uh <laughs> But you know what I mean? That you can have water bottled waters in there and you can you can be prepared for anything. You and you mean there's not well technically not anything. Something can always come up. I'm not totally 100% prepared for everything. But you should have some outlets. I saw a Catholic quote unquote comedian talk about she's out of food after day 1. She has the power on all this. I'm going How you out of food? You don't have the pantry? I mean she said they're eating out of date expired uh, beans and rice. I'm going did you you should you should have enough food to last get you through two one two weeks three weeks minimum anyways I'm not telling you it'd be a doomsday prepper and be ready for the apocalypse and the three days of darkness squared or anything like this i do just, tell people that but you know <laughs> yeah, but just common sense you're, you're the the uh dad's are the leader of the home be prepared for anything that goes on you go on a road trip you have a bug out bag you have medical supplies you have things that you already have a spare tire that's an insurance probably in case the tire goes out you do the same thing when you're out on the road you make sure you have something you can start a fire if you're out in the, the road and the, the car breaks down and you're in the middle of montana i know people that have blankets fire starter kits food rations in their cars in the middle of nowhere just in case that yeah. happens because if not you die and, and those are those are unexpected events you know having a car accident or getting stuck on a mountain pass or something on a road trip that's an unexpected event the fact that for weeks we've known that this polar vortex is coming and that 70 something percent of the country is going to be under snow that's that's a known thing you have you have time to prepare for it so i'm not i'm not i'm not blaming anybody i'm not sitting there right? saying look if you're if your pipes are frozen you don't have no water you have no power or anything it's not your fault it's an act of god i get it but at the same time steve yeah i mean we we all saw this coming and 
you know, there are certain things that you can do uh, to, to weatherize your, your position as well. Even though we went out of town and we, I was actually in Tyler, Texas when this polar vortex hit. Uh, and then I had to drive all the way back to the um, heart of America. I went through a dangerous pass. It was very icy. I was driving very slow. And when I got home, I had no power, no heat, and a burst pipe because it was cold. And I took the precautions. We've winterized the house, and I had hot water running in most of the sinks. And it still happened here in the heart of America. I'm not dispensing myself, and my bishop isn't dispensing me because where I live, it was negative 25 degrees. Um, okay, so it was 20 degrees in Texas. I get it, but, I mean, guys. It happens. It happens, yes, but you still got to prepare for it. And it, like I said, this a storm, winter storm doesn't come out of the blue like a tornado. They're used to hurricanes. You prep for hurricanes. You prep for situations like this. If something goes wrong because you didn't prep for it, hey, that's tough. I mean, it happens. But you got to have at least the basics. Some winter people storm- out in the chat, devil's advocate, someone in the chat said not everybody's got the money to do a lot of prepping. And I'm not living in a doggone mansion in the Hamptons. This is, I mean, I can get a fire starter for a buck fifty on Amazon. Uh, one thing I do suggest, one thing I do suggest is when you do your weekly grocery shopping, buy an extra can or two of food. And I, I used, to, I, I was form, I was trained formally by the Oregon Food Bank in Portland, Oregon, when I managed a food all college food bank on expiration dates. And I'm going to tell you right now, those expiration dates on canned and most dried goods. Are nonsense, right? They, they're not, like they're hands can last for another year at least afterwards. Boxed goods are a little more fluid, but even they'll last a little while afterwards. So you go to the grocery store, you can get ten for a dollar, right? Like you go if you if you go to, if you if you see a. I was at a grocery store a month ago, and I saw a gro. They had one of those grocery carts filled with uh, with a clearance sign. It was canned pumpkin, and I looked on the dates. They were like good for two more years. They just didn't know what to do with canned pumpkin. Yeah. Canned pumpkin's amazing stuff nutritionally. Like I do, I keep a low carb diet, but in that situation, I'll break the low carb diet to have a little pumpkin. Well, I, I just got to say, I'm very edified by my my friends in Texas uh, who sometimes watch, and they're probably not watching right now, but they've got generators, they've got backup plans. They work, they were camping in their house without water, without power for days. They were prepped. They did what they needed to do, and that's what a husband father does. Um, I, I also want to just bring up, you know, the fact that I think a lot of people who are watching this show right now are big fans of Father Ripperger, and you probably have heard Father Ripperger talking about raising men and uh, the fortitude that is required to raise men. And he tells a story about how we have no, we don't even understand what it means to be poor in this country, and um, and we take for granted the fact, like he he says, for example, if you have shoes to wear to go to mass, then you're not poor. You know what I mean? And um, when he was growing up, he had a family who only had beets to eat for a certain amount of time because that's all they had. And and his response was, well, at least you got beets. You know, I mean, this is this is the level of uh, of sacrifice and penance that we just we just not prepared for in these United States in 2021. But I mean, Steve, like one of the things that you've you're really good on is warning people that it is coming. It is going to get worse. And this is just a foretaste of how the the build back better is going to be. I mean, even last month when I said there was a uh, a uh, there was a warning about a uh, potential EMP drill. Did anybody not prepare for that? I mean, all the drills that go on and everything goes on, you at least prep for that. I got some EMP prep bags over there. It didn't happen in January. I'd rather be safe than sorry. I have stuff in the car, uh, like I said, medical equipment, water, food, anything things like that. If the car breaks down, gloves. Just, you know, make sure I have a jacket, cold weather gear, 
things like that. These are not expensive things. This is just common sense stuff. You just bring another, bring a jacket, bring a blanket. You can go down and get a sleeping bag. They're not they're inexpensive. You just don't go buy, as Mike said last time, don't go get a video game for 50 or 60 bucks. Buy something that can save your family. Exactly. Buy stuff when you go to the store or anything that's going to last to help out with the family. Don't just buy Cheetos or anything like that. And you're not, uh, to be clear, I just, I don't think you're intentionally sounding like that. You're not trying to dunk on any families who are suffering right now. I mean, we we don't, we don't want people to suffer, but what you're just saying is that this should be a wake up call for the entire country. This should be a wake up call. Right. Because there's a there's a book called Survivors Club says the temper there's eighty percent of the people in the middle ten percent up top go into like a restaurant or something they they I'm in that I I saw them going yeah that's me I scan out every, all the exits I'm already sizing up everybody in there I've literally looked into a glass before them drinking I can see people behind me I'm weird like that but there's ten percent at the bottom that don't give a flying you know what they just go without their day hey uh, who's playing today at eight okay the sky is falling. I hope that doesn't mess up tip. Uh, and in the middle 80% are just people that don't know or that may know but don't do any action of it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the trad movement. The trad movement is full of choleric people. What is that? They, they see a problem and they act on it. So people saw a problem in what's going on in mainstream churches. They acted on it. They moved. Most people that le- are left over aren't the choleric types. They stick around. Maybe it's not as bad as they thought it was or things like it can't be that bad. We'll just stick it out here. It's not that big of a deal. That I don't want to drive another 20, 30 minutes just to go somewhere else. It's not that big of a deal. But they know there's a problem. So, yeah, this it's wake up call. Make sure you got your prep. You, if you don't cap your pants down the next time something like this happens, because <laughs> there's food crisis coming. Yeah, they've already mentioned exactly. it. There's and, and we're not trying to make light of it because. At least 20 people have died in Texas because of this storm, and um, that's a significant number of people to die from a storm. Now, people die from storms every year in the United States, around the country, and you know you got hurricanes in Florida, and you got earthquakes in California. It happens. Yeah. It's tragic. Yeah. We're not making light of it. It's just we should use this as a learning opportunity, guys. We got good news. Um, there is fresh footage yesterday from the Mars landing. Here it is. was a good segue into the Vatican Watch segment. We have so we have things to cover in the Vatican Watch. First, the papal poke. You got changes to Holy Week coming. The changes to the criminal code in the Vatican. Um, a lot going on, folks. And then, um, and then, of course, the re- weird thing with uh, this USCCB commission that was going to say something to Biden, and then they're not going to say something to Biden. Anthony, wh- can you help us unpack some of these things? Sure. So there's an interesting story that's going around that says that uh, the Vatican workers who refused to get the pokey are going to might actually be fired. This was reported in the mainstream secular news yesterday. I mean, you got a headline here from The Hill. Vatican says workers refusing vaccines may be fired. Right. Then this gets more complicated because LifeSite this morning reports that Vatican employees might not be fired for COVID vaccine refusal after all, because a decree signed in early February had indicated otherwise. So now we have competing papal decrees because of course we do. This is like, you know, the present state of the church, right? 
Um, my expectation is if you're not if if you work in the Vatican and you don't get the the pokey, you're going to be uh, shown mm-hmm. the door. That this is you know full on board, uh, you know full steam ahead on the Great Reset, and this is all part of it. Um, that's my quick thought on the vaccine. Personally, uh, avoid it if you can, please. Hello, Bellock is right on this. They started in Australia. They tried doing the idea of uh, mandatory pokes from the government. They, it was a trial balloon. It didn't. It backfired in their face. They didn't want to. They didn't do that. They backed it off and came out the next week with no ja- no worky, no no jabby, no worky was their title. So after that, you started seeing everywhere go with no work, no no jab, no work. This is just another idea. It's going to go everywhere. It, and what was it? I brought out two weeks ago. Seventy three percent of the companies. CEOs are thinking of going mandatory pokes for everybody in there. You will get fired if you don't have the jab. Going back to the people that get mad at me for saying, well, I got to work. I can't tell them I can't wear a mask. What are you going to say when they tell you you have to get jab? What are you going to tell them when the uh, actual, uh, you know, if you're if you're around when the actual mark is given out? And they give you that exact same. This is what we. This is what we need to to be prepared for, though, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, What Steve and I and brother and Ryan and and Doctor Stein have been saying for months, for months. If you're not willing to die on the mask hill, then are you? How are you going to fight the poke, the jab, the injection? And um, we have we have to. Father Ripperger talked in his two and a half hour talk on communism is he says you have you can give communists no quarter. You cannot give them freedom of speech. You have to shut them down. You have to shout over them. You have to suppress them. And one of the ways that we can do that is we can get together in our communities, take your masks off and 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 do a coordinated strike. Go to your grocery store with thirty five men unmasked are they going to arrest all of you you need to show people that there are courageous people right now who are willing to oppose the build back better agenda and we have to do that as a catholic community we have to go on the offensive because this play this defensive game that we play especially as trads we tend to bunker down and play defensively we're losing ground every single day all right sorry rant over guys (laughs) (laughs) no you're right i mean where's your line do you have a line start asking people I mean, do you even have a line? What is the furthest they can go before you start saying enough's enough? I mean, like we go back to the Texas thing. They've just disdispensed your Sunday obligation. Now they're dispensing Lent. Uh, what, what? When's that going to? I mean, come on. I mean, when is enough enough for priests, bishops, laity, anybody scoring at home, your friends? Have you lost any friends over this? Have you lost? Does your family members not talk to you because there's family members not on my side that think we're nuts because these guys literally have, you know, they're they're terrified because of what they see. Mm-hmm. Now you got two mask mandate. All right, why'd you wear one then? Now you got <laughs> moist mask mandate. Moist mask uh, are okay. That just flies in front of any doctor's, you know, just common knowledge of science. How's a doctor? It goes back to the. Uh, crisis and lead, not leadership, but uh, authority. If a doctor says, "Oh yeah, ma- a moist mask are okay," uh, doc, uh, what? <laughs> How you trust that guy to give you good health? I show them, hit them with the pocketbooks too. Stop going to these places. Do boycotts, boycotts. Uh, be outspoken, like Ryan. What Mike said about getting groups. There's a group up in Colorado. Went in like 15 of them would go into a grocery mm-hmm. store. And they said, come at us. We're going shopping. They went in, shopped, 
Cops stood in the back. They didn't say a thing to them. Yep, and that Keep was at one it. of those high-end, you know, kind of frou-frou, sprout-style stores where they were buying their organic bananas, and, uh, well, they were able to transact. Holy Week is on the chopping block. As uh, This is like Groundhog's Day, okay? The Vatican just came out and said, during Holy Week, there are all kinds of changes. No foot washing on Thursdays. No kissing of the cross on Fridays. Um, and uh, I don't have the article pulled up because, well, I had to restart the computer. Wow, I didn't see broke. this. Wow, really? <laughs> uh, but it said it encourages people to live stream. It encourages people to participate because, comma, unity. I hate this world. <laughs> guys, guys, I just want to uh, remind us and signal to our overlords that we're all in this together. Just repeat it. Just repeat that mantra till you believe it. We're all in this together. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> again, it goes back to where the line is. Somebody start getting uppity to local. Think locally, act locally, get uppity. Stop this nonsense. So uh, you, everybody should at this point start looking at what their mass alternatives are going to be. If you know, in case they take Easter from us again, find out who will still have mass near you. Even if angry guy in front of the white screen on the internet tells you evil, maybe you should not listen to him and find out where you can get the sacraments on Easter because this will be year number two that some places don't have mass. And if you let them do this to you, it's your own fault. I don't know who you're Is referring it? to when you say angry guy in a white screen, but I Is do it? know this, that uh, speaking of... Uh, he was responsible for the, he, and, he, my, my understanding is he was responsible for the major weather event in Texas recently, the polar vortex. Mr. Bellock said, I mean, we talk about with the Vatican imposing vaccines. Uh, what, wait, when will the parishes start doing that? Will you guys still get up? Will you get upset then? If you have to show that you got the... the, the uh, the passport just to get into mass. What are you going to say then? Yeah, uh, the it's passport is coming. The, the the mass passport is definitely going to be a thing. Here's another thing, though, that's coming soon, potentially to a parish near you. Um, this was a, a woman in charge of a parish because, well, there's a shortage of priests, ladies and gentlemen. Father James Martin produced this video. Here it is. pray with the Ignatian examine and the conclusion of that former prayer is to look to the day ahead and ask for God's you know guidance the Spirit's guidance so I literally go to my calendar and I look at what's going to be happening and incorporate that into my prayer and then I also pray for actually it's grown to five pages worth of concerns praying for our staff, praying for our parishioners, praying for people who have died, praying for difficult situations.
My name is Elizabeth Simcoe. Um, my role in this parish, St. Vincent de Paul, is as parish life director, a lay leader according to Canon 517 in the Code of Canon Law, which allows for lay people or deacons to lead parishes under a canonical pastor when there aren't enough priests available to pastor parishes. I do believe that this was a response to a call from God. It just felt like, well, this is, this is a story that needs to be told, not so much about me, but the mission and the opportunity to minister. Okay, not only did she have the mask in the car, but I think that they mislabeled her name. I don't believe her name is Elizabeth. I am convinced that it's Susan. That's the first time I've seen that. I'm just looking at it going, what am I watching? That Susan from the Parish Council is now in charge of a parish in New York, and uh, James Martin, SJ, thinks that that is just a fabulous thing. Fabulous. I feel re- I feel safe. I would feel safer being in her parish by just walking in the door and seeing her in her full hazmat costume. I really, I really do. Well, I think she was wearing two masks just to drive by herself, so that was good. At least she's uh, taking proper precautions <laughs> against the air conditioner. All I could think of was being at mass on Ash Wednesday. You know, you're supposed to sprinkle the, the ashes on. This is how it was. Catch. <laughs> Just put your head down. We're going to throw it at you. Like, later later on in the SJ produced a video about Susan from the Parish Council, who uh, apparently didn't die of COVID, which I thought she did. Um, later on in the video, they showed how she's prepackaging our Lord for, for people and prepackaging ashes for people and, uh, you know, little little baggies and all these things. So it's it's really just a wonderful thing. When we put women in charge of uh, of the of the parishes, oh, it's, it's something to be celebrated. I did hear about drive through ashes. That was uh, uh, something I'm glad I didn't see. You know, this, but this story is a perfect example of the most Catholic values ever, as reiterated recently by the Holy Father. Liberty, equality, and fraternity. Core Catholic values right on site. See? Steve's got it right there. It's all, it's all in his book. It talks about how great the we should have more women running things. So. Indeed. Um, all right, uh, no Doctor Stein. I didn't. I didn't warn you, but uh, we're supposed to prepare an unpopular opinion at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. And um, as a reminder to the audience, the unpopular opinion is voted for on Twitter, and uh, Brother Martin always wins because everyone thinks he's charming <laughs> and, and brilliant. Um, but it's you're supposed to vote for the opinion with which you uh, disagree the most. It's the most unpopular. It's not the one that you agree with the most. It's just the one that's like, wow. In order to incentivize us to continue providing you opinions which are just wildly unpopular, uh, so uh, Brother Martin, I hope you're ready. I'll, I'll let I'll let Stein go last. Brother Martin, go. Okay. So this week, uh, Pope Francis promoted some twenty young men who had their throats cut by Islamic terrorists uh, a couple years ago. They were cops, the Coptics, uh, Orthodox from Egypt, uh, from the historical see of St. Mark, the apostle, who spread the faith there. Uh, technically, <laughs> uh, technically, they're, they're schismatic. They broke away after, after the, the Council of Chalcedon. They, a lot of people don't really know what the cops believe in the sense that they're, they're in, mostly in Egypt. I'm talking about Americans don't really know what they believe, but they say the Nicene Constantinopolitan Creed, the same one we say every Sunday. Um, but in particular, they... They separated over the fact that they believe that Jesus Christ 
um, is one divine person, but with one nature. Whereas we believe Jesus Christ is one divine person with two natures, divine and human. Um, somehow they, they explain it that, well, the, the unity of these two natures is so close that you could you can really just say it's one. And so they're playing with words, all this kind of stuff. But that was the real reason why they, they separated from Rome uh, back in the day. Well, anyways, they were presented with the, with the option. These young men were presented with the option. They were caught in Libya. They were presented with the option to deny their faith in Jesus Christ or have their throats cut. So um, they were all dressed in their orange suits, whatever. There's a f- famous photo. Um, and they all had their throats cut instead of uh, renouncing their faith in Jesus Christ. Now, Pope Tawadros, the, the patriarch of uh, the, the Coptic Orthodox, almost the next day canonized all of these young men. And there's icons of them, all that kind of stuff. Um, but even in the Catholic world, I mean, we're, we've all been so inspired by these young men who have – who chose to die rather than renounce their faith in Jesus Christ. Um, in one sense, a lot of people have found them inspiring. Um, but should we be canonizing them is the question. Um, the Pope recently called them witnesses, held them in some sort of way where we can publicly venerate them, all that kind of stuff. Um, not in a traditional sense where they become saints and we can uh, venerate them in that in that sense, but... Nonetheless, uh, holding up, up as an example, what do I think about this? I think it was imprudent for Pope Francis to do so precisely because we have our own canonization process where we acknowledge heroic virtue to make them venerable. And actually, even when, when, when our own Catholics die um, who have lived holy lives, um, we're not supposed to uh, share public prayers to them until the Vatican, e- even if their canonization process is open, um, we're not supposed to, to promote um, – promote their cultists, so to speak, until they, uh, they, they've they been deemed by the Vatican to have heroic virtue. And so there's a process in all this kind of stuff. Now, is it honorable and respectable that young men uh, give up their lives instead of renounce their faith in Jesus Christ? Yes. Is it something that kind of goes beyond natural virtue to renounce your faith to die rather than – or no, to, to die rather than renounce your faith in Jesus Christ? Absolutely. So my opinion on the matter is um, we shouldn't necessarily hold them up for public veneration. However, neither should we be surprised if we were to find them among the, the elect. All right. I'm not even, I'm, I'm just going to abstain this week from the unpopular opinion. There's no chance. <laughs> you got dispensation. There's, I'm just, I'm not dispensing myself from meat this Friday, but I might dispense myself from uh, the unpop segment. <laughs> Steve, he may, Steve yeah, I got to throw you under the bus. You got to go next. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, you know, take this, uh, take what's going on in Texas. Yes, it's tragic what's going on. Uh, pray for those that have died during this, especially that awful tra- uh, car accident on I-35. I don't know if you guys have seen the video for that. It's good grief. I don't. I really do not know how that. There was only I think four or five people that were killed in that. It was ugly. It was terrible looking. But make this as a lesson to be prepared. Uh, Yes, there's a food crisis coming. Anybody that's paying attention sees that. Uh, you see the outages that's been happening around the planet. Schwab is out there this past June, July, saying the next pandemic is going to be a, a crisis at the base of the Internet, a, 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 a circuit crisis. A, a, a Cyber Polygon is the name of the, uh, the uh, group that's putting it all together. Uh, grids having issues. Food you see what's going on with uh, uh, the weather's getting all messy. You see what's going on with the Rona. 
You see that they're coming in with grocery stores saying that uh, they're going to put mandatory jabs in. Uh, you might not be able to go to the grocery store without uh, making sure you have the uh, the uh, passport. Be prepared. Have something stocked up. Get you some water. Get you gallons to collect it. Get you a filtration system like a Berkey or something. Get you food. Put a you know a deep freeze if you can't get a deep freeze. Get something like uh, perishable items that should have perishable items anyways. That just for just for days like that, or and then give it away. You can you you can still do it as alms. I'm not telling you to stock up everything, hoard everything, and keep it away. Give it to alms. Give it to other people. Make your own stuff a little soup kitchen for others. Be careful who you tell that all that to. Make sure you have stock for food, water, uh, clothing, things you can burn, wood, uh, things you can start without gas, like a Flintstone, things like that. Think about this stuff. Get the books like. Uh, how to survive the end of the world as you know it. Uh, I know that's a crazy. It's a blue. It's a green cover. It's really cool stuff in it. Survivor's Guide. Yes, we are made for heaven. You should keep your head on. You know, pray, hope, and don't worry. But if you neglect what you're doing, that's neglecting your family. That's also a sinful thing. As a duty to sustain a life as a father, be prepared for anything. Be prepared. Be prepared, stand watch. I think that's uh, actually a popular opinion, Steve. I like it, though. Um, I'm going to repeat my unpopular opinion from last week because I was down in the state of Texas, and I was using my junky old laptop that could barely run the show, and I was muted when I gave the unpopular opinion. And uh, So I'm going to try it again. Last week I told you that Texas secession will never happen, and, uh, and here's why. The fact of the matter is, is that the state of Texas is lost. It's not going to stand up. It's not. Go- it has every right to secede from the union. It's it's constitutionally there. Um, and and to be honest, if you watch anything that Census Fidelium puts out uh, in his interviews with Dr. Livingston, secession is a good thing. It is something that we should be endorsing because we should have representative government. If we're going to have representative government, that actually truly represents us. And you can't have representative government in this 350 million people union that we have. Right now, but the reason why I say that Texas will never secede, even though Texans are proud of having their own grid and flying the flag and having their own port and you know rugged individualism and we're conservative and and all this, they can't even get a pro-life bill across the finish line in the state of Texas. All right, um, and Ted Cruz, as much as I love the guy, only beat Beto by like a point and a half, ladies and gentlemen. So there's no chance of Texas secession. And I think that I just want to dovetail on the topic today with with regards to the weather in the state of Texas. You know, God, sometimes the people who stand up, you know, te- I, I, Texans will let you know that they're Texan within the first 60 seconds of meeting you. And I'm guilty of doing that as well. Um Sometimes it's the people who stand up and are the proudest that get humbled. And um, that's my unpopular opinion for this week. All right, Dr. Anthony Stein, you're full screen and we're ready to hear from you. Well, my unpopular opinion is that the vast majority of trads, including many people who consume this kind of content, when they are forced to take the when they are forced to take the mark or or accept the crown of martyrdom, they'll take the mark. And I'm basing that off of everything I've seen in all sorts of news stories in the last few weeks, whether it's the acceptance of the of the the face diapers or if it's the just quiet resignation about the political state of things or if it's the state of things, the way things are have gone down in Texas. I mean, all across the board, it's vast majority of people 
who would you would not expect to take the mark will take the mark. And I don't know if that'll be in our lifetime, but it might be. I also entertained this theory that what if Fauci was the Antichrist? Although he doesn't probably fit the bill. But if he's if he's not, he's he might be a you know a comical forerunner. <laughs> All right, four very solid opinions. Well, actually, three solid opinions plus me dunking on my own state. Um, <laughs> this is the rundown show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we normally have a grifter section, and uh, and and one of the things that we do is we showcase uh, the various things that we would like you to either purchase or support. Um, uh, Ryan Grant's not with us. Mediatrics Press. I will grift for him this week. Join the book club at Mediatrics Press. It's fifty dollars a month. It's like Christmas every month. I just get I get a book in the mail. I don't even know what's coming. Sometimes they email you, I guess, but I don't check all my emails. And it's like as I get to open up this book, and it's just it's just this awesome thing. You get exclusive access to his podcast that uh, that all of you plebeians don't get to listen to, and um, and he's doing eBooks as well. So Mediatrics Press. It's fifty dollars a month. You can sign up. I'll put a link in the show notes here. And if you use my link too, then that helps RTF out. Um, the second thing I want to grip for is supporting the Oblates of St. Augustine. And I want to kick it over to Brother Martin to, to land the plane on that. We really need to find some, some heavy hitters to get this monastery going because you guys have more potential vocations than you have room for. We've got to get you established <laughs> in some permanency. Brother Martin. Exactly. We're kind of going, growing too fast for what we can do, um, which is always a good sign because, uh, I mean, we have benefactors to help us out with our daily life. We have lots of inquiries almost daily. I get, I get an email from a young man wanting to know more about our community, uh, but we need, we need stability. We need a foundation. Um, I've also gotten emails, especially since last week's grift on the segment, um, people reaching out and, and offering uh, to help us out a little bit. Uh, which thank you guys for responding. Um, but yeah, we're we're still looking for more people to to make this a concrete reality. Um, the community's doing extremely well. We we have a, a young man who's already in the novitiate, um, helping to form stability in the community, uh, taking care of a retired priest, uh, preserving the Augustinian charism and teaching tradition, whether it be on, you know online or privately and via um, uh, other Zoom Zoom meetings and all that kind of stuff. And so. Uh, we're trying to do as much as we can to preserve tradition, to preserve the faith, to teach the faith, to help others grow, especially because uh, the traditional Latin Mass isn't always uh, accessible to everybody. I think there was someone in the group chat who said that there's no traditional Latin Mass or whatever in Alabama, at least where they, where they are. Um, and so we're trying to reach out. We have we have uh, the time to study, the time to pray, and the time to teach. And so um, it'd be nice if we could have our own place because the place we are is 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 we're we're borrowing it. Um, we we know some people that. Uh, lent this building to us for free for a short amount of time. So we're we're really trying to find a place to where we can we can set up shops and found our monastery. So you you can go to oblatesofsaintaugustine.com. Uh, there's a contact session there, so you can be able to email me oblatesofsaintaugustine.com. Excellent, Steve. You got anything? No, just say if you guys were you know I'm not asking for anything. Just send a uh, send whatever you want to send to me. The KFC groups and the. Uh, Dallas Fort Worth area to see if they can help others in that area. They can get the back on their feet mm-hmm. and uh, you know wherever's outreach, American Red Cross, etc. Whoever's helping out. Doctor Stein, what are you grifting this week? Not much. I've you know my channel sponsor, which is a channel sponsor for about half of everybody in this sort of sector of YouTube now, uh, Glory and Shine. Check them out. Small small uh, Catholic operation. They make good products. Treat your wife to some nice soap or something. Oh, that's a good idea. My wife loves their soap. My pregnant wife loves Glory and Shine. Um, all right, for the outro segment, uh, for the outro, I'm going to treat you to about a four-minute video that I made 
about the so-called temple of democracy that we live in. And if you want to see my analysis of that video, uh, check out this very playlist and click on the temple of democracy thank, link. Thank you, Mr. Belli, for being on. Tell GK we said hi. I'll make sure he knows if I can pull him away from his beer and cheese. <laughs> Be well. Thanks for watching. This is The Rundown. But if you are feeling up to it, there was something I wanted to talk to you about. Fire away. I was listening to the wireless this morning, where they described this fog as an act of God. Now, in your letter that you sent me, you said... Loyalty to the ideal you have inherited is your duty above everything else. Because the calling comes from the highest source, from God himself. Yes. Do you really believe that? Monarchy is God's sacred mission to grace and dignify the earth, to give ordinary people an ideal to strive towards an example of nobility and duty to raise them in their wretched lives. Monarchy is a calling from God. That is why you're crowned in an abbey, not a government building, why you're anointed, not appointed. It's an archbishop that puts the crown on your head, not a minister or public servant, which means that you're answerable to God in your duty, not the public. On Sunday, it was a great, my great honor to be sworn in as speaker and to preside over a sacred ritual of renewal as we gathered under this dome of this temple of democracy to open the 117th Congress. As we gathered under this dome of this temple of democracy to open the 117th Congress. Temple of democracy, temple of democracy, This temple to democracy was desecrated. Its windows smashed, our offices vandalized. The world saw Americans' elected officials hurriedly ushered out because they were in harm's way. This temple to democracy, this temple to democracy, this temple to democracy was desecrated, was desecrated, was desecrated. This is America's day. This is Democracy's Day, a day of history and hope, of renewal and resolve. Through a crucible for the ages, America has been tested anew, and America has risen to the challenge. Today, we celebrate the triumph not of a candidate, but of a cause, the cause of democracy. The people, the will of the people, has been heard. And the will of the people has been heeded. We've learned again that democracy is precious. Democracy is fragile. And at this hour, my friends, democracy has prevailed. <laughs> democracy is precious. Democracy is fragile. Democracy is precious. Democracy is fragile. Democracy is fragile. I... I uh... I find this to be a very emotional 
um, have said to the members, we're very passionate to our reaction to this assault on our democracy, on this temple to democracy. Bye, 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 bye.